Jake has an actual Mimo. We're we're doing it big for uh for for Bjork tonight. Here we go. Oh wow! Cheers, bud. Cheers. Clink. Clink. You got uh, some champs left over from weekend adventures. Yeah, I just did. You know, some like some memos here at the house, and uh, nice. even though I I gave it a really good go to finish the whole bottle, uh, I do, <laughs> I couldn't. I'm only one man. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I thought I'll save it for the show. So here we are. Beautiful. I love it. Oh wow, return to form. We're back on track. Yeah. Uh, oh, and speaking of, we should say welcome back. Or welcome to even sipping memos. Sipping memos. Uh, welcome the to the internet's premier, oftentimes but not limited to citrus-based libation podcast, wherein my my partner Elliot and I hi uh, <laughs> discuss uh, '90s rock and electronica albums. Um, but that's not to say we stick, uh you know, entirely to the decade of the 90s. We've been known to venture out. Um, oh, we ventured, baby. Last oh, yeah. last episode, we went to 2001. Oh, and what an episode. Have you have you gone back to listen to any more Jimmy World? Not only that. <laughs> well, listeners will know that it hit me real hard. The um, uh, Bleed American by Jimmy World hit me pretty hard. I was at a karaoke birthday party the other night. <gasps> so guess what I put in? Did you do the middle? I did the middle. Oh my god! Did it bring down the house? Nope, because I'm really bad at singing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like kind of earlier in the night too. Like I went on, I hopped up on stage at like eight twenty, <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, I was trying to do it a bit. Like I'm really shy. I'm really shy. I don't know if I should do this. Again. I gotta go. Hey, don't let yourself <laughs> off yet. And then I like completely blinked as I saw like just dead stares from people in <laughs> in the bar. I'm like, oh, I. I, I feel left out put that down on best you know i was like losing it i was like oh i was i just started laughing i'm like i'm sorry guys i don't know but i was so ready to rock that shit out but uh man the stamina it takes for that because those lyrics are pretty tight together man like you gotta really i'm sure you crushed it dude no i did not but okay (laughs) oh but 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 during the guitar solo i did run into the audience and run around them (laughs) <laughs> and like high five people. <laughs> like, what were you doing karaoke? Um, it's my buddy um Chambers' birthday. And then we went to Egos. Chambers, happy belated. Yeah, happy birthday, Chambers. He's a he's a good friend of mine and he's a and he's a he's quite the film buff, man. He's like a uh, a connoisseur and a uh, student of film. He really knows his shit. Oh, I went with him and some other friends and we went and saw Sisu. Oh, you you uh <laughs> I saw you you gave it a really high rating on Letterboxd. Tell me about this. I hear it's very Tarantino-esque. Um it's John Wickian. Okay. I'd say that. Because like I think they share some producers and maybe some stunt guys. This dude in Finland finds a bunch of gold, like a lot of gold, like ancestral life-changing amount of gold. And he has five hundred plus miles from the nearest bank in Nazi occupied Finland. And he's got to make it with his dog and his mule across this terrain. And these these Nazis are after him the whole time. So he just lays waste to them. So it's it's very violent and but like also like uh 
what's a lot of fun if you're into that sort of thing. I recommend it if you like that. Sure, if you like a uh, Tarantino-like Inglorious Bastards or if you like those John Wick things or um, Shot Beautifully. It's got these great chapter titles, like Chapter 1, The Gold. And then, like, so we're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Everyone's immediately intrigued. And then, like, by, by like, Chapter 5, like, he just goes, Chapter 5, kill them all. And the audience was cheering at, like, yeah, that's cool. Um, So it's, like, a, kind of like a revenge kind of, you know, thing. Like, all the murder is, you know, kind of justified <laughs> in in the narrative of the story. Um, so you're all just you're just cheering from the hallway. It's a it's a good uh, uh, watch if you need to get some energy out. Awesome. So it's so it's a period drama like World War Two. Yeah, 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 yeah. My mom actually went to see it and was telling me about it. Oh, what's your uh, mom think of it? She said it was awesome. All right, right on. Cool. Yeah, I recommend it. Um, you know what hasn't been an awesome experience that I put myself through and I can't turn back now. Uh, I, start, I started watching the paranormal activity movies. <gasps> when did you start and how far are in? Or you? I was, I, you know, one of, one of, uh, I feel like one of the more, uh, iconic stories from the sip and memos, um, is the morning I woke up and put on wild, wild things, you know, just, <laughs> That's some old school lore. <laughs> true fans, true fans will know that Jake watched Wild Things in the morning once, and I won't <laughs> let it go. But I had let it go. I had forgotten about it. Now Jake brought it up again. Here we go. Well, I actually saw Drop Dead Gorgeous uh, recently for the first time too, starring Denise Richards um, and Kirstie Alley, Kirsten Dunst, Allison Janney. Oh wow. Some all stars, like, like a mockumentary kind of deal. Very like best in show. It's it's very of the late late nineties. So a lot of things didn't age really well. Um, okay, but, but a lot is really funny. Um, I don't, so, yeah. I don't think I've seen that one. Is it good? It was hilarious. Pretty pretty great. Kind of just realized right. that how funny Kirstie Alley was. Um, oh yeah 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 for sure. So Friday, yeah, you know, I was checking email, having my coffee. I saw The Exorcist was on. And I thought, I haven't seen The Exorcist in a long time. It's you know, it's nine, it's nine o'clock. Nine o'clock, sure, nine a.m. Find time to watch The Exorcist. And so there I am watching The Exorcist, and I get, I'm just like, oh, this is, you know, this is, this is good. You know, I haven't seen this in in a minute. It's good. Um, so then I, I, I just got in like, the, I got, a, I got in a spooky mood. You know. Uh huh. Okay. And I realized that I hadn't seen, I'd, I'd only seen Paranormal Activity two. Uh, so yeah, I just started. I'm on uh, part three right now. I remember uh, me and like a, a friend of mine like tore through all those like over a week just yeah for fun because we were in the mood and like we got into a thing of like looking up uh, ghost videos on YouTube and like trying to debunk them and stuff like that. And then we just of course you stumble onto paranormal activity stuff. And it's <laughs> how do they make these movies watchable? Like they cost forty two dollars <laughs> to make because it's all webcams and like you know bed sheets moving around but it's like oh my god it's like you're you're on the edge of your seat (laughs) watching sheets move and pillows float around well what i realized they get the biggest scares because they like it's like breadcrumbs they they like have the camera it's like night one and you just see like a little shadow or like a little bed sheet move okay that's it 
and then it's night two. So night two, you're like staring hard at your TV, looking for something. And yeah, you're like, looking for it. Yeah. And then bang, something jumps out, makes a loud noise. I have this like I, I think I have this like running theory after watching the first three, um, where it's like the I think the men of the house are the real demons, are the real villains of the story. I've been um, saying this for years. <laughs> <laughs> I so like in the first one, it's Mika. Ugh. I, he, I, oh, I don't remember plot points or anything, but and he's with his he's with his like girlfriend. They just moved in. And he and she's just like, babe, I don't want to be filmed. He's like, no, babe, we've got to catch this. Babe, come on, babe, it's fine. And the whole movie, she's like, Mika, I don't want to be filmed, you know. And then the second one, it's like, it's the husband, and he's doing the same thing, you know. And she's just like, so-and-so, I can't remember his name. You know, I don't want to be filmed, stop. And he's like, come on, no, we have to see what's up. No, come on. Mm. And, and the third movie is, is the exact same, but it's a flashback. Um, so yeah, oh, I think wow. I think the husbands and boyfriends of the Paranormal Activity verse are the real villains, not Toby, okay. not Toby the Demon. Oh, the Demon's name is Toby. Uh, it's been a while, but um, it's interesting though. I, I it's just something I picked up because like you just feel like, oh, this guy, and then like in the second one, admittedly, it's it's not as like blatant, but like. You know, the guy, the dad has a camcorder and he's like, he's not taking it serious. And then, mm-hmm. he, spoiler alert, he ends up getting super killed. Um, super killed. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, they're, they're averaging like one star on my letterbox. Um, oh, so you didn't even enjoy them that much. I mean. <clears throat> but you're going to fin- finish the whole series because you're a completionist? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm very much a completionist. Yeah. <laughs> um, and right. I think I think they're kind of cool. They're kind of um, I wouldn't call them like cultural touchstones, but man, do you remember when that when the when that first one came out? Like it was, yeah, it was like a, a it was like a phenomenon. Yeah, it was a yeah, it was a it was it was a paranormal activity that we yeah. all did on the on that weekend. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a big old deal because like like I think the studios were like, oh, we could do this. Like it's pure profit, and kids yeah. like to go see that stuff. And kids are like adjusted to like the webcam culture and all this now, so it's like just goldmine. It it's a better movie if it looks like shit, you know. Like yeah, so if there's like a story reason why your movie looks crappy, and it costs you less, and you you cast no name actors and stuff like that, I mean it's just you're just raking in cash, man. Yes, yeah, it's, it's that Blair Witch effect, you know. Yes, absolutely. It's absolutely yeah, yeah. Man, goddamn Blair Witch. That changed the world, didn't it? It did. I gosh, I remember. I I was. It came out, and I was in like, I was still playing like little league, and like, talk about lore. Um, I remember like, uh, buddies coming to the to practice and being like, oh, I heard that people were were throwing up at Blair Witch Project because it was so scary, and you know, you you look back, you know, twenty plus years later, and it's like, oh, they're probably. They're probably just sick from like being motion sickness, you know, having motion sickness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if anyone yeah. was actually throwing up, but if you did, I hope you f- hope you are, are better. <laughs> Blair Witch is one of those movies that works better, and I I I would submit that the paranormal paranormal activity movies probably work better too, like on a VHS on a tiny little shitty TV because it makes it a little more real and shit. Yeah, that's fun. 
yeah, it, it's it's neat. And so, eh, I uh, like I said, I I was kind of in a spooky mood, and you could and you could only watch The Shining so many times. Um, so I <laughs> I'd try something else. <laughs> sure, right on. Hey, did you hear rumors about a uh, certain? Speaking of uh, casting, there's a rumor going around that a certain friend of the show might have a big old role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, of which we talk I, about a lot. I heard about this, and um, I'm the, frankly a little shocked and kind of, kind of, kind of hurt that uh, he hasn't reached out to us to to, to tell us. He's upstairs right now. He hasn't told me shit. <laughs> I forgot you're rooming with Adam Driver. I forget this. Uh, I, I forget if it's canon or not. I, I think I'm still in Safani Manor, but, <laughs> but Adam's still a roommate. He's Summers here. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> like, you didn't tell me this. Um, uh, Adam Driver apparently might be uh, Reed Richards in Fantastic Four. Oh, but, I mean, this is all, you know, it's not, it's not confirmed until we see a trailer, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, but, um, but I'm on board. I, I'm on board. I, I would, Uh-oh. I think he would Ooh, make, you hesitate. I think he would make an even better Dr. Doom. He would crush his doom, but he's already had the Kylo helmet. That's character. That's, so, that's, that's so, just, we, that's, that would be his doom. We've already seen it. Yeah. That's so, that's true. the problem. That's the problem. I mean, and like, you just say, oh, Kylo Ren is doomed. That would be fucking sick, but we've already gotten it. So I think they're, he's he's in a, a trouble there. So That's I true. would love that. I would love that. Because he, he, he could play that, like, smarmy, like, arrogant, you know, like, he, well, Adam Driver could, you know, peel, uh, peel an orange, you know, on, on a Friday evening, and I would think it's the best thing ever. Um, but... <laughs> I think he he'd be great, but you know I I don't I haven't really seen him play like a like a Reed Richards type kind of like almost like clean cut like nerdy. I, I nothing's coming to mind in roles of like the Adam Driver has played. I mean, I would I, would, I immediately thought of um, Logan Lucky. Oh yeah, so like he's like you know like a veteran, soft spoken, missing an arm, but whip goddamn smart but doesn't need to say it i don't know so maybe that kind of vibe but like he's got to be chatty because we need him to talk and stuff i don't know he's kind of the lead i think they're going for reed is the gonna be the lead of this one did you hear the weird rumor about who's gonna play the thing no mila kunis that's a wild rumor that's going around but it might be really not true at all (laughs) it might be real bs yeah, um, I don't know how fans would take that, but it's an odd choice. <clears throat> yeah. Hmm. Oh, and then Margot Robbie as Invisible Woman. Love that. I'm on board. Because hmm. I'm just thinking of me, the Kunis, and like Michael Chiklis's thing costume. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she put the play on and all that. Right. Yeah. I just. I don't no, know. it'd be like it'd be a reimagining of the character, and the thing would be female, and and she would mocap it or whatever, and they would put some voice thing on her and she would never be on set and no one would ever meet her. And <laughs> I don't know. Man. But, imagine, but it's what a, a dream. it'd be a move. It'd be a yeah. move. Mm-hmm. Y- yeah. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. It's that's the rumor again. Like, you don't know. Uh, I, I would think that that'd be, a, that'd be wild to see Adam driver, Margot Robbie and 
Mila Kunis and 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 Jake Drumgoal as the Fantastic Four. That'd be so <laughs> crazy. Like I would love that. It. Would be crazy. That's my fan casting. Uh, speaking of the thing, one of the things I always ask you is, you know, we've seen, heard, tasted, uh, smelt in in since the last time we talked. Um, I actually saw something really cool. Check this out. Uh, okay. I know this is an audio podcast, so I will explain what we're doing. All right. And I'll try to describe with commentary. Jake is so, reaching behind his back. So Uh-oh. another another movie I watched a couple times recently uh, is John Carpenter's The Thing. Uh, talking about The Thing. Absolute and, classic. Uh, Waxwork Records uh, out of New Orleans. Um, they pressed, they re- repressed a special edition of the soundtrack. Um, nice. And check this thing out. Okay, so you see it. All right. Oh no way. Okay, Jake's holding. Oh, Jake's holding this thing up, and it has like a, this wild gatefold two-piece cover with a little zigzag on it, kind of mimicking the um, the things like um, when, Maw when it opens it to the, the guy's CPR chest. chest cavity. Yeah, it's insane. Oh, that's so cool. Wow. Oh, that's rad. Yeah, I just, I'm obsessed with this thing. I'm like, I just, yeah, so I I picked this up recently. I was really excited. Major shout out to Waxwork Records. This, it's it's a beautiful piece. Um, Sponsor us. Sponsor us, please. (laughs) You know, and I was watching the thing and I was thinking, you know, I haven't looked, where, where is Antarctica? You know, like where, where is this? You know, like I, I mean, I'll admit I haven't looked at a globe in a long time. I had to remind myself where it was, so I took out my globe that I have, my bedside. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, sure. And I gave it a spin. And there it was, Antarctica. I gave it a yeah. good spin. You know, on my after you, gave, after you gave the the thing soundtrack a spin. Yeah. Yes. And uh, you know, I looked at Antarctica, and then it's interesting, kind of directly. You know, uh, not above, but on the other side of the world. Um, mm-hmm. And if there's any geologists out there uh, or I, I think, geographers, I, <laughs> I think it, I it's apologize. a pole. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So n- nearby, maybe? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I saw another country. Did you um, really? I did. And beautiful, beautiful country. And I did a little research and turns out, Certain artist is from this country. <laughs> what? I think Santa Claus. Talk- <laughs> <laughs> it's a country. Uh, it's uh, to quote uh, one of my favorite '90s sports movies, "The Mighty Ducks 2. <laughs> uh, Iceland is very nice, and Greenland is full of ice. But we're talking about Iceland today. We and are the artist we're talking about. Yep, is the one and only. Bjork. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Strap in. Here Here we we go. go. Searching 
So this week, Elliot brought to to the podcast um, an artist that just talked about, uh, just mentioned Bjork, uh, who is I feel so much more so much more than a musician. It's a she's a force or force of nature. Just so much, yeah. and I know so little. Elliot, tell me about 1997's Homogene. Um, yeah, Bjork is a bit more than just a musician. She's an artist with a capital A. Also, Jake, I have news for you. I hope you're sitting down. I hope you're you swallowed that swig of Mimo because it's pronounced Bjork. Bjork. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> she just doesn't correct people. Oh. Bjork. Bjork. <laughs> Bjork. 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 Okay, I will. We can, I will for the, honor that. For the, for the sake of not annoying everyone that's listening, we can call her Bjork. It's fine. Because that seems to be what people call her. But when she introduces herself to people, she says, Hello, my name is Bjork. Um, and maybe it's just her accent on that. Uh, but she is an artist. Uh, all caps, even. Um, like, I feel like she just happens to make audio pieces. So... We go to Iceland. Are you? A, do you know any Icelandic bands or music or anything like that? Um. So the big one, Sigurós. Um, Sigurós. Which um, it's actually pronounced. Sig- no, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that one, I, I, I probably, you know. Um, I call it Sigurós, but it's probably that's probably wrong too. I don't know. Uh, I. Uh, so they're the big one. Um, huge, huge fan of Sigurós over here. Huge, huge fan. Uh, I big old fan. I've I've dipped my toe into the waters, but I love what I've heard. Um, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I I know Iceland. I talked about Mighty Ducks too. Um, Iceland <laughs> earlier. It's like Iceland has always kind of like popped up on my pop culture uh, radar, but I unfortunately haven't had the chance to like really dive in. One of my favorite scenes in any movie takes place in Iceland. Let's see if you can get it. Okay, I'll give you a hint. David Bowie, Kirsten Wig, Ben what? Stiller. What? An open uh, mic. What? Remember that scene in Walter Mitty? <laughs> oh, no? He he goes to Iceland okay. and he gets a he gets a ride on an on an on a helicopter out onto like a fishing boat. That's where Sean Penn is. And he's He's in Iceland, and it's this beautiful scene where Chris, uh, Christian Wig is singing a, a David Bowie song. Um, how about and that? I, I love it. And um, how would you gorgeous. describe the landscape? Gorgeous. Um, yeah. Green. Uh, just stunning. I would say. Absolutely. How would you how, how would you describe the music of Sigur Ross and Bjorn? Oh my gosh. Well, it's so it's so interesting. Uh, you you asked that. I where Sigur Ross is. Uh, just lush and you know and just melody mm-hmm. on melody it's just rotten with yeah. just like just sweetness um, yes dramatic dramatic oh that's like all my notes um yeah just dramatic yeah uh this this album homogenic um and this is I, I said it last time this is the first bjork album i ever listened to um it's it's for lush. the show for the show uh-huh. First ever in my like life. Oh boy. Um it's it's very very cinematic, but this this album was 
it was I, I found it at times very avant-garde I would say yes um, it, it was at times minimalist it was at times um, it, uh, I don't know if maximalist uh, it was had like elements of like Dadaism you know it was yeah. it's a lot of a lot of, lot of uh, art history one-on-one buzzwords yeah I uh, <laughs> no, I took our right. history. I made an A. Um, hey, good for you. Uh, no, this, this 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 was an incredible listen. Um, I think I think I don't, I don't think I answered your question, but I hope I, hope I got there. <laughs> no, no, I got I got what you're saying. I was just trying to make the comparison of of the Icelandic uh, landscape Icelandic landscape to the music of these people that these musicians that seem to come out of there. Right, I can see that. Uh, there's something going on there. Maybe you're closer to the poles, so like you're more magnetized or some nonsense, and like your yeah. synapses are firing in a different way. Um, uh, Bjork was was like found when she was a kid. She was like discovered when she was like a little kid and like singing, and she like took to instruments. She was a child prodigy. She had a record out when she was eleven. It was like a bunch of like weird weird covers. Um, it, she doesn't consider it in her discography, but. I want to. I want to find that record. I think she like sings a Beatles tune or something like that. Like, are you out of your mind? I want to hear that. Um, she ends up uh, like moving through the scene with her insane voice uh, in the Icelandic like pop and punk and and, and rock and music scene. Well, she was, in, uh, a, and she was up, in like a punk band, right? Was it like the Sugar Cubes or something like an, that? She ends up in the Sugar Cubes. Are you familiar with the Sugar Cubes? I'm not. I just actually, it's so weird. Uh, like a week ago, uh, I think because. We're always being listened to. We're like, okay, oh, we're doing beer. And then on my Instagram, it was like a, a photo of her um, playing in England at, at, with the Sugar Shoes, and she's like 19, something crazy, crazy young. She was deeply young, yeah. She ends up in this band with like a, it's kind of like a super group, I think, like all the top like le- leads and and instrumental and, uh, and, and members of different Icelandic like pop punk stuff in Iceland um, uh, acquired Bjork or like you know coaxed her into the band and she she was in the sugar cubes uh, their their track uh, birthday is really great but this is like it's like post-punk like Icelandic breakfast club stuff it's very you know like very fun and like their album was like dropped in like 88 it was like it's like real fun and like uh, but like you're listening to this like cool like kind of post-punk like we'll be together rocket like but it's bjork so it's like yeah like she's like doing this in, these insane vocal like um gymnastics over it and like you realize pretty quick oh this girl's gonna go solo so she does i think she's still friends with all of them and all that um her first band and all this so she drops debut it's not just a clever name <laughs> And like skyrockets, human behavior is on there. She becomes like this kind of uh, ethereal being, rising star kind of thing. She drops Post. That's her second album. Uh, that's the one with Army of Me on there. It's very cool. Um, it's oh so quiet, which is like a musical number. It's fucking far out. She starts just cranking this stuff out, and then we get to the '97. She she is now like kind of into 
she leaves like some producers behind that she's worked with a few times uh, because she has now like gotten into the the Manchester and trip hop sound that we talk oh, about man. a lot. She like in in fact may or may not have like had relationships with Tricky, who we talked about before, or uh, Goldie, who we've talked about before. She produce you know produces stuff. She talks to the Ma Massive Attack crew and all this, and she's like into that world. And she drops Homogenic in '97 amidst a year that we've talked about before of just electronic music is taking over the world and she just had to she just had to put her shit in there this is not a dance album uh this is not this is not house you know techno drum and bass whatever this is a like as jake said before avant-garde kind of piece like she chose the name homogenic for the album as a piece because she wanted to be kind of homogenized every song is the same flavor she always talks about her music in a weird way. She says it's like volcanic, you know, stuff like that. She says she's weird. She's super, super weird. Um, uh, but we're all better for it because this shit is wild. Jake, what did you think? Oh, it was crazy. Um, it was like I said earlier, it was like at times it was just like her, like, you know, doing, you know, um, you know, laying vocals down over like a single synth and then the next one it had like an orchestra on it full-blown strings yep. uh, it, <clears throat> I, I noticed some themes uh it, throughout like uh, in a couple songs even one, one song is actually named unravel but on yoga uh and i apologize if i mispronounce um she she, she talks about unraveling you know and so i i noticed some like some oh, oh! So the little, little cross like lyrics are shared between yeah, the two. Yeah, love that. I kind of love that. Um, oh man, this was this is crazy. What is she? What is she using to create the sounds on this record? Um, fuck me. I don't know. Uh, there, there's there is one thing to be said. She works with plenty of producers, but she is doing a lot of this herself. She is a gearhead. She collects a lot of shit. There's a great video on YouTube, if you can find it, of her taking apart a TV and putting it back together. She's like, I'd like to understand how my TV works. She, she's, <laughs> she's fucking crazy. And she like really likes electronics. And like I sent you a video like earlier today like, on Instagram. Or like, yeah. Where she's like, people think electronic music doesn't have soul. Well, that's because they forgot to put it into the music. And she, so she's been obsessed with gear and electronics and all this. She's a big old synth head. And so uh, God only knows what she's done with this. She's worked with um, producers like uh, Matmos, which is a, a duo of guys that like record ice breaking or uh, liposuction surgeries and make, they make weird. I know, I know Jake's face. I know. Ow. I, I know. I'll send you a link, bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but like they, their whole thing is like, let's try to record the weirdest shit that we can and make like beats out of it. And that's what she does. Like, we don't know where a lot of this comes from. Some of this stuff on homogenic, like, okay, there's some like 808s here. I, I know what that snare is from, or, or I know what that is. And like, oh, this is clearly a, you know, string quartet and all this, but, um, that she's doing a lot of this herself. She is not a pop star, like rolling in and singing over a track. She is making this stuff and like working with people to make it 
you know, uh, as loud as it needs to be for the album. She artist with a capital A R T I S T. So uh, I had a couple standout tracks. Um, yes. Oh, uh, one of my favorites was Bachelorette. Um, it reminds oh, me. Yeah, of, yeah. Reminds me of a James Bond song. Um, oh. You you said the word earlier, cinematic. This song, my gosh, like. I could just close my eyes and picture Pierce Brosnan, you know, saving the day, you know, in 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 a 007 movie. Um, we never got a Bjork Bond theme. I I I I think she would, and I probably honestly still could crush it. I wonder if she would even be interested in that. But oh, I want to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it'd be too weird. Instead of guns, can 007 shoot clouds? <laughs> Something weird, you know. <laughs> my probably my favorite um my favorite track on this album was alarm call okay um i'm curious about your favorites the vocals really stood out to me and it's probably the most melodic on the album too i love the synth work on this one um and all then, is full of love dude all is full of love that's like her when the earth when the earth uh when when it's cold, I would like to die, you know, which, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I, I was going back to that, um, I was going back to that, that song while listening to that. It made me think about Moby. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it's like the closer. She said it was like, she said she wanted it at the end, like, because, uh, especially after, like, the darkness of Pluto, I think the track is before it. Okay. Uh, she wanted it to be, like, the sun coming up after a rough night. But it's still all in like one piece, you know, and like, so you're you're rejuvenated and like here we go again, kind of thing. Yeah, well, I think the piece is breathtaking. Pluto actually was another favorite of mine. It's it reminded me of like Jilted Generation Prodigy, you know, Ooh, like love, very hard, very sharp, um, intense. Um, but now this was I like I said uh, famously have. I don't know. I don't know why. Um, what, what What is your first experience with Bjork? She's always been on the peripheral, yeah, and like, and and especially like in a lot of and and in a lot of preparations for this show, like looking at lists and stuff. Like, what am I missing? Like, I'll you know, if you Google like, oh, you know, uh, notable electronica albums from the '90s, because I'm like, yeah, I've forgotten a few. Here we go. Come on. Uh, she tops every list. So she she is just in this electronica world, but I was so into the dance thing I kind of missed out on Bjork a bit. Yeah. Um, I gave my sister for Christmas one year uh, a copy of Selma, which is the vocals from the movie Dancer in the Dark. Are you aware of this film? Dancer in the Dark? No, I'm not. Don't worry about it. Don't add it to your list. Um, it's incredible, but it is like gut-wrenchingly sad. Um, Bjork stars in it. It is her only like feature uh, role as an actress or actor, I should say. Oh, um, is it directed by Lars von Trier? Lars von Trier, say no who, more. Apparently, <laughs> who apparently was not great on set with her, and so fuck all that. Uh, the, the movie, the movie which I have seen is Deva fucking stating. Um, 
but there's just, like some beautiful moments in it, and she is incredible. And she, I think she won like best um, actress at Cannes uh, or or something like that. So when she wore the swan dress, remember the swan thing? Uh, remember that? See, that's 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 the New York, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's like my introduction to to to, to this artist. Yeah, that, that was a thing when she wore the Bjork, when, she, when Bjork wore the swan. Um, uh, Bjork fans that are listening right now, Dancing in the Dark, you know, it's required viewing for a hardcore Bjork fan, but but uh, tread lightly and take breaks. You know, it's like it's like watching uh, Requiem or something, like, looking for a drink. Oh, man. It's just like, so just be very careful. It's so heartbreaking, so deeply heartbreaking. Uh, but also astonishing, because like, she can act too yeah. like oh my god uh oh so anyways my um but my, my relationship with bjork i didn't really have one i knew she was on the peripheral of the, the electronica world but she wasn't making like dance tunes she wasn't making house or techno and like i wasn't like collecting her records or anything i've got a few of them here i would hear remixes of her um yoga or yoga or whatever you want to call it like i knew it as state of emergency and there's like a bunch of cool remixes of that one um but like nothing I would, uh, yeah, that I have played out because it's so um, ethereal and weird and wild and all that, like, uh, you know. And I was trying to like maintain tempos when when she was like uh, like flying across my plate. Um, so I didn't. I I am ill prepared to like speak to her as an artist, but I do hold her in the utmost respect. And I think it's really awesome stuff. After these albums, once we get into the aughts, like she gets weirder and weirder. Uh, there, there, there's an album with like, um, there's, there's a bunch of great tunes, but then like uh, she'll put out an album that's like all the songs are apps and they, they the songs change by where the poles are in the earth, speaking of the North Pole. Like she's very like, geographically like in sync and all this so she just has all these wild ideas she's a fine artist uh, when i was in art school like i was an illustrator like, you draw things that people ask you to draw like got it but the fine artists we draw we draw and paint and create things that you people haven't even think couldn't even think of and like okay well fair enough and that's what she's kind of doing it's very, you know, avant-garde, as I said, and like very art for art's sake. She's not worried about verse, chorus, you know, verse. Like, she's not worried about pop sensibilities. She's just making this stuff and this, these pieces, and I think it's kind of incredible. And, and her and her seemingly, like, global appeal uh, has, like, made her, like, one of the biggest... I don't know, one of the biggest stars in the world. Absolutely. She's instantly recognizable, you know, like, you know. She's got a look, too, yeah. You know, like, um, in that, you know, from the elaborate, you know, um, the makeup and the, like, the costumes and, you know, like, you just, like, e even as someone who is not, you know, or was not, you know, really versed in um the world of, of bjork uh i could go into a record store and there's no the albums don't have it's just art you know it's just her 
these first three albums are decidedly portraits of her, but just like, just like her weird transmogrification, you know, like it's pretty wild. Which uh, which is the the iconic one where it's like it's almost like a black and white picture. Well, debut uh, is her going like <laughs> de- debut. That's it. It's like the kind of a black and white like oh, I'm I am Birk. I am wearing a sweater. I have made this album for you and for the skies. <laughs> what? This album was meant to be ma- played on spoons? I don't know. Yeah, she's, it's weird. She's weird, dude. But <laughs> I'm saying is like, she's just like instantly like, like I said, um, I just look up. I'm like, oh, you know, there's just, uh, they re-released a Bjork album or Bjork put out a new album. She just... Yeah. Uh, I can't think of anyone else who's just so instantly, like, you know, just, oh, that, you, without anything on the cover. I mean, she's, and I think that's the first time I've ever actually, like, maybe the first time I've ever actually, you know, experienced that. It's like, I don't, I didn't know any of her music, but I know her, you know? Um, she, she's recognizable, and I don't think you could listen to a Bjork song and not think it's her. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, like uh, she is noticeable as a as a person because she has quite a presence, and her vocals are undeniable, and they're not like anyone else. Uh, so I think that's quite a feat. Like we, it's a weird diamond in the rough, diamond in the North Pole situation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, in, in the snow? How do you find a diamond in the snow, dude? Um, but we found it with Bjork, I think, and I think it's yeah. she is an artist to follow and to respect. Absolutely, I checked to see when OK Computer came out because that's the one you know where Radiohead started getting really experimental and and it was it was weird. Like listening to Homogenic, I I was just like, oh, this sounds like stuff that Radiohead does, you know, like yeah, you know, you know Johnny Greenwood manipulating the switches on the you know with. I don't know what they're called, uh, the oscillators, you know, all kinds of like different things. That's fine. That works. Um, I saw I saw Radiohead ACL a couple years ago, and it sounded like what Homogenic was was doing, you know, like those like wild synths. Um, and yeah, I I just I wish I I was around in '97, but was not aware of what was going on. I wish I could go back and 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 be a music fan at this time, because gosh, what an exciting period to be a fan of, of pop music of rock music electronica it just blows my mind that these albums came out in the same year tom, tom and johnny of radiohead are uh big fans of Bjork. tom has collaborated with her on oh, dancer wow. on dancer in the dark even before we close i should probably mention that i've met bjork what <laughs> so you have some insight when you're because the accent you're doing it's like it sounds quite like her uh you know and so you you've heard you've heard her in person tell the story there's not much of a story i didn't meet her i tell the story as uh i danced with bjork once but a more accurate story is that i saw bjork once while dancing (laughs) but it's better if i say i dance with Bjork. so i was at a mode selector show This this is a german techno duo uh and they were playing in in the East Coast city I used to live in. And uh, uh, and me and my friends were having a good old time. We're dancing. And like, uh, Mozart's like spraying champagne, speaking of. They're spraying Mimos. 
they should have a show called Spray and Mimos. Um, <laughs> the, uh, there's spraying champagne at the crowd and all that. So I'm, I'm like losing my mind. This is great. Wow, woo! And then this ethereal being just walks by, seemingly hovering over everyone. And I look, and it is Bjork. Now, a lot of listeners are going to say, how do you know it was Bjork, Elliot? Uh, I bet it was just some lady that looks like the craziest person in the world and like the most recognizable person ever. And I would say it was absolutely Bjork. She's a fan of Mozart. She was in New York to see the show. She was on the dance floor and she walked right by me. I made eye contact with her. I smiled. She smiled back. That was our interaction. I interacted with Bjork and I was dancing. She was dancing a little bit too. And then I made her scrambled eggs in the morning. That's all I ever heard of it. <laughs> I just had to get that out. It's, this is the, I, I will stand by it. If anyone can prove me that, prove to me that she wasn't at the Mozart show in Brooklyn in 2010 or whatever, or 2009 or whatever it was, then I'll, 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 I'll admit it. But, but it was, <laughs> Bjork was at that show and we, we crossed paths. Wow. That's pretty. That's pretty awesome. That's. I mean, it's it's kind of it's not a great story, but it's just it's I it's absolutely dark. Well, you 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 had a run in with like a global superstar. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, and um, my sisters recently went and saw her in San Francisco, uh, like recently, and like her tours are just like, you're basically going to Mars, at these <laughs> shows, man. It sounds like so much fun. Oh my god. I, I would, I would, I would die to see. Bjork. Would you, would you want to see Bjork live? Yeah, I think that it would be an experience. It'd be something you have to. see. It certainly would be an experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, thanks for, thanks for giving me the opportunity to listen to this. You know, this brilliant, you know, this brilliant artist. Um, I don't think I would have. Sadly, I don't think I, I would have really dived in uh, as as much as I did for the show. But I, I'm glad I did. Do you think it's an artist you might return to? I, I you, think you, so. you be honest. You could be honest. It's almost like a curiosity. If that yeah. Makes sense. Like a curio. A cur- Yeah, it's like a. I've never heard anything like this. You know. Um, Where would when would you play Bjork? Like if you had friends over or something like that. I love I love the game of like what time what time of day would you play this stuff. I think if everyone's like shrooming, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> at three in the morning, that's probably the best way to do it. If you want like a like, a, like a, an ambiance that like kind of means something, I think that's kind of where you I, where you drop I, it. I would put I would put Bjork up there with like the Mars Volta. Oh, you know, um, interesting, interesting vocal, comparison. Vocally wise, the progressive, um, absolutely, and Mars Volta, they're a group that. You I'm know, a fan of Mars Volta, by the way. Love the Mars Volta. Oh, and Mars Volta isn't a band that, like, you you know, necessarily just like, I'm gonna put on some Mars Volta. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna chill. I don't it's know. like the experience of it all. Yeah, I would say an experience. I'd like to listen to this record with a good pair of headphones. Um, yeah. I'm like, like a nice 180 gram vinyl. Mm. You want to like, you want to listen to Bjork like when you're like, laying in a hammock on a rainy day. Yeah. Or like or like playing chess with a silent partner. Something like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, Let's try to find a place for these things. <laughs> it's uh it's a right time and a right place um type of sound, you know, and 
when it is that right time and it is the right place, it's explosive. Many people don't realize what an enormous impact their physical surroundings have on their mental well-being. Being surrounded by a home that feels like you and brings beauty and inspiration into your life gives you a feeling of calm and appreciation of the beauty in the world. You fill your home up with furnishings and items one way or another. Why not make them wonderful and a reflection of yourself? Joyce at Joyce Marie Interiors is committed to bringing beauty and elegance into the world one room at a time. Let her help you transform yours. Because if you could do it yourself, you would. Visit JoyceMarieInteriors.com for more information and tell her Jake and Elliot sent you. Well, let me let me ask you this question here. Okay. Um, you know where Iceland is, right? I, I broke it. I painted you a really good picture of the globe uh, earlier. But, I know. think it's pretty close to like uh, where the elves make all the toys. Right. Exactly. Uh, so where would you? Uh, and you know where California is, right? Uh, roughly. Right. Okay. So uh, the question I pose to you is. Would you say California is so far away from Iceland? <laughs> I would I would say so. All right. Well, strap in because we're going to California with social distortion. Elliot, what? you ready? I am. Let's do it. Here we, we go. go! <laughs> back uh with social distortions 1990 self-titled album 90 with a bullet yeah with a bullet very 90 so i'm glad we picked these albums and we just I, that's why i love doing this show because so you know so often we pick these albums without even knowing they just kind of like really pair well together they somehow um, do it always happens where homogenic is you know it's um you know it's avant-garde it's cinematic um not, not the same that social distortion is not cinematic in its own way we'll get there this album is very much meat and potatoes country rock and punk all the way also both of our vocalists that we've chose have uh lost their shit and beaten the hell out of someone yeah <laughs> so okay so you read a little about mr mike Ness. I, I looked into <laughs> it i looked into it Oh, Mike Ness. All right. So, Tell my, me album, everything. <laughs> my album this week is, uh, like I said, Social Distortion. All right. So, uh, this album was released March 27th, 
1990. Um, I'm bad at math, so I'm not even trying to embarrass myself. I've done that before. <laughs> um, and this is one that this is one from a band that I absolutely adore. Um, uh, Social Distortion from uh, the Orange County area of California. Um, Orange County, you might remember, also produced a previous episode, uh, The Offspring. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know what they're putting in the water, um, but I want to get me a drink of that. Um, angst. Angst, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so Social D started off as a more of a straightforward punk band hardcore band founded by Mike Ness in high school after hearing the Sex Pistols. Um, founded that adds in up. The late 70s. Um, which is so crazy to me. That, um, and, uh, you know, put out a couple albums. They put out uh, pull, pull out the discography, Mommy's Little Monster um, before disbanding because Mike Ness, while I think he's an incredibly gifted songwriter and wrote some of the greatest, you know, uh, cow punk, you know, punk rock songs this side of, you know, 75, um, has, has had his struggles, um, you know, with, uh, you know, drugs, uh, and, and other things, unfortunately, um, as we always mm -hmm. like to say on Sip and Mimos, if you are going through something involving this same thing, please seek help. Uh, reach out. Reach out. Reach uh, out. Wow, he said. We said reach yeah. out. I said no. beautiful. <laughs> there are people who love you and people care about you, uh, and, and want to see you do better. So, just always like to preface that when talking about um, uh, these matters. Um, yeah. But, but this is an album that came after, you know, Mike Ness. You know, came out of rehab, um, and I think a lot of the, I think a lot of the songs on this record really reflect that if this is a record where the, the, the subject matter is looking back at one's life talking about mm. the dangers of of maybe where he was where he was heading um is it about is it about healing healing absolutely um i think like one, one of my favorites on this one yeah let me see was so. it it could have been me uh, um mm -hmm. let me see i like that one too uh, he talks about he, he talks about like on um well, I don't want to get too far too 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 too, uh, too ahead of myself but there's a lot of looking back on this album. Um, okay. Wait, how but, old was he when when this how old was Ness when this album came out? He's 61 now. Now, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, so 30. He was 28 when this one came out. 28. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. Okay. Listening so, to his voice, you wouldn't guess that because it's just—he's no one sounds but, like Mike Ness. <laughs> but like, but like, decidedly late twenties. Yeah. Yes. Which seems to be a wrinkle in this one. This guy's seen some shit. Absolutely. Yeah. What did you think of Social Distortion self-titled? Um, I liked it. Uh, I didn't know what quite to think of it because it, it is such a weird mishmash of country and punk and um. Uh, and, and like you know, there's like all of a sudden it's like some harmonicas and all this. Um, I, I immediately thought of like, oh, like all those songs that are in like the beginning of Kevin Smith movies, you know, like that I don't yeah. know too well. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, very, you know, certainly country, but like also like 
Irish and Scottish like storytelling oh, vibes oh. to it. Absolutely. Yeah. And even like uh like I was just like one of the songs I don't even know, but like I was just like it sounds like a this could be a monkey's tune if the monkeys did heroin. Like like, <laughs> like I'm a believer, but like if with a little more grime on it would be like one of these tunes. I, I dug it. I'm very I was very curious about it. I don't know. Uh, th that Ring of Fire uh, cover is pretty far out, man. See, I, I'm so happy we were able to incorporate Johnny back into the show any way we it's, can. <laughs> you're, 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 you are curating well, my man. Listeners, look back to the Johnny Cash episode when I lost my shit about Johnny Cash. And, um, <laughs> and you know, uh, and the daunting task of diving into his discography. But, like, here's a Ring of Fire cover. And it was, it's fucking cool, man. I'm sure there's a lot of Ring of Fire covers out there, but this, this one's pretty of uh, note, I would imagine. Absolutely. Um, so, as like I said, I, I love social. I actually saw them uh, play this album on the 25th anniversary. Ooh. Um, it was. Did you get punched in the head? I punched someone in the head. It was. Whoa, Jacob! <laughs> Just kidding. I'm very nonviolent. Um, but it's social <laughs> D. No. Um, it was awesome. So like, it, what they did was they they lowered down a tarp of the um of the album artwork which is fantastic by the way they started playing the rolling stones's uh gimme shelter dun, 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 dun. i'm not really doing it justice <laughs> um but they played this like this rolling stone song while the band came on stage and they lit the they lit the um they lit the album artwork up in blue and it was beautiful and the lights went out when they did it and they just they crushed it i um i don't wow. see them once before at acl um, but they they play this album front to back, which which I address probably one of my favorite punk rock albums. Um, Is that right? I would say probably top ten for sure, maybe even top five. Uh, t t tell me what they're all about. What's Social Distortion's deal? Well, what attracts you to the music? Is it just like the killer licks, and the cool panned guitars, and all that that start every song? That's that's, that's I, I, fun. I think it's the country. In all honesty, it's the country and the harmonica solos. I, it, it's so like gently country tinged. It's like yeah, yeah. It's like paprika on your hummus. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> it's there. You would miss it if it wasn't there, but you could you like you just know it's there. It's like, but it's not like overpowering. I, it's very interesting. That's very well put. I I think what I love about it is because you you like. You like you look at the guys, you know, and they they look like like rockabilly, you know, rockabilly punk rockers. But then they play this, this is, like this is Jake. Jake is holding up his record collection of oh, yeah. all these things. They, they, they're all leathered up. Yeah, he you know, like it. he kissed it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, Mike I didn't. Ness, I, didn't I, I didn't kiss I, my Bjork vinyl because it's upstairs right now. I don't borrowed it. Mike Ness, you know, he's got that, well, during this one, he's got that great pompadour, you know, okay. he's like, he wears like, you know, the white tank tops with like baggy, like 1950s, like, uh, zoot suit pants almost, you know, you've seen these pictures of him. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's got this like image of being this like, you know, this rockabilly guy, but then he writes these like great you know, country tinged songs that aren't fast for being a punk band. 
they're not really fast. They're not Ramones, you know. They're not a band like not, a, yeah. Like, no effects or the Vandals. Like they're very. They're not thrashing. No, not exactly. You know, and the the licks are so tasty. And yes, there's totally a, a harmonica solo in this. In this, I record. dug that harmonica on a few on a few songs too. Right, um, Jake, can I ask a question? What's up? What is rockabilly? Rockabilly. That's a great question. Rockabilly is. I thought so too. <laughs> it's a. It's an early form of rock and roll. Um, okay. It's a little so rockabilly. Uh, think like Paul Perkins, Blue Suede Shoes. Um, a lot of Johnny Cash's early stuff was rockabilly. It's a country tinged rock and roll. Okay. Like country songwriting sensibilities with like a driving rock and roll wi- rhythm, with like blues guitar licks thrown in there. Social Distortion could be argued as a cowpunk band, um, which was. But they're, so, but they're so not the uh, like Blink sort yeah. of thing, right? Yeah. Well, they're they're um they could probably like cowpunk probably like the Cramps. Did you ever listen to the Cramps? Another Los no. another Los Angeles like country tinged punk rock. It's this like. This like genre of music popular in like the early '80s, where it was like these like punk bands that incorporated, um, you know, country music, like okay. um, Buck Owens. He was like a, a really early country rock guy. Um, even Dwight Yoakam. Dwight Yoakam used to play shows with L.A. hardcore and punk bands. You know, wow. there are these like great great stories of him like playing with like X, which is one of the great California punk bands. Um, so California's really always had this like kind of like country meets punk thing going for it. Country music used to be referred to as hillbilly music. Oh, so, so they take that Billy rock yeah. and roll, rockabilly. Rockabilly. Yeah. Um, I wrote down and think you might like this. What's that? If you don't, but like listening to this album, I was like, how about calling it punky tonk? Oh my god. That's the that's the episode title. <laughs> that's so good. Thank you. Good night. Thanks hey. for listening to Sibimima. <laughs> good night. This is the last episode. We can't <laughs> we, we're not topping that. Honky <laughs> tonk, bro? That's Punky so good. Tonk. Not bad, right? Oh. How did how did the western influence get to Pali? Fucking gold uh, people moving west and all this? Like is it, is it is it more in the culture than we think it is? Absolutely. Um, so, like I mentioned, Buck Owens. Buck Owens is actually from Bakersfield, California. So he's a Cal- he's a California guy. I mean, Merle Haggard is also a California guy. Californians. Yeah. California. The, the Californians. So in the '60s, you had these songwriters like Rod, uh, Roger McGinn. McGuinn. I apologize. It's one of them. Uh, from the birds who were who uh-huh. was re- really into like folk music you know and and country these guys that came from um country backgrounds you know that played in Kentucky and Tennessee but came out to you know to California yeah um, another great example is Graham Parsons um he was a guy uh who was obsessed with Elvis and and George Jones uh one of the great country singers of the 20th century and he brought his record collection out to California and started introducing all these like rock and rollers these like 
you know, psychedelic rockers to country music, you know, and it's pretty much, it's, it's always been there, you know, like it's, and I think it's really cool how, because you think, you think California, you think like, especially like in the 60s, 70s, you think like the Beach Boys, you know, uh, you think of like the, the, the hate sound, the hate uh, in, in San Francisco, like uh, mm -hmm. Janis Joplin, Grateful Dead, you know, but like, embedded in all that were a bunch of like diehard country fans that kept that genre alive on the west coast and it's really really cool wow. yeah it's it's i i love it um yeah it's you can see like the bloodstream of it all absolutely now, Jake, what what makes what makes country music country oh man this could be debated i yeah i think i'm asking you hard questions tonight i'm sorry no, I, I love it i love it um keeps me sharp <laughs> I yeah, think, I think if country music, there's a great quote. I think I think Willie Nelson said it. Um, it's country chords is country music is three chords and the truth. Whoa! Oh, yeah. I love that. Uh, Why do I love that so much? Uh, because it's, but, that's like that's the best way to best way to describe it. But punk is very minimal chords too, right? See and and so it goes. I've always felt that there's there was this like. Um, this parallel between country music and punk rock. Wow. Uh, one of my friends actually uh, from school, Dr. Jennifer Ruck, actually wrote uh, uh, her uh, doc doctorate thesis on the subject. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's really cool that, you know, it's... Uh, shout out Dr. Ruck. Uh, um, so it's really cool that, you know, that that marriage of country and punk uh that even even you you know you 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 kind of picked up on that like the minimalist of punk you know and it just there's there's they're so they're so intertwined you know they're i don't know it's 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 hard to describe but they're so i i don't know i think hank williams is super punk rock absolutely like kicking out the kicking out the light bulbs at the ryman you know i mean mm -hmm. That's something Johnny Rotten would have done, you know. <laughs> Is this whole podcast like about warm weather versus cold weather? Like, am I a cold weather guy? And you're warm weather, because like, well, you if are it, from if Michigan. It, so. Well, a bit, I'm a bit from Michigan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but like, in a like, literal sense. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm literally. I, I no, like like literally cold. It's literally cold in Michigan. Oh, it is quite cold yeah. there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I, but I think I'm I'm always, always so fascinated about like um, how like the 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 temperatures and climates and like seasons and like living conditions affect the musicians that come out of these cultures, and it seems to me, <laughs> all my guys are cold. They all come from cold places. Yeah. And, and a lot of you guys are the California dudes and, like, the Southern dudes, um, with the only exception of Smashing Pumpkins, which find themselves kind of in a weird middle. Yeah. Because they're Chicago, right? Yeah. Which, they should be Seattle, you know. Um, they're absolutely a Seattle band, but, like, they're in Chicago for some reason. But, but Chicago is basically Seattle for nine months out of the year. <laughs> only frozen the fuck over so like they have a different like take i don't know it's, it's, i i, I want to draw like a draw like a diagram about how weather 
<laughs> and climate like affects what the artist's output is. I think it'd no, be an I, interesting like, comparison. I mean, you th you think about like Norwegian death metal, you know this? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. I think the word is uh, this just, you know, droning, dark, you know, s scary at times. And you think sure. like, what's the weather in Norway? You know, it's like it's cold all the time. You know, these guys, you know, it's gray. Uh, so I mean, I absolutely, I absolutely think that weather and environment affects. Um, the you know musical output of an artist for sure well i think one of the one of the best examples on the rock side is alice in chains you know like yeah seattle that's that's i mean we did a pantera we did a pantera and a corn album on this show but i think i still think dirt is probably the heaviest we've gone for the show heaviest as in heavy what like just all around sledgehammer you know like heavy like this is deep and sad. Yeah, deep, sad, crunching guitars, which also, uh, which I thought was really neat. Uh, the guy that produced um, Sultra Distortion also produced Dirt. <laughs> How about that? Love it. Um, uh, the production was great. I really enjoyed, I did enjoy the album. Um, I'm gonna return to it. Uh, I like the panning, the seemingly minimal production and all this. Uh, uh, was cool and, and like a, a refresher after listening to a lot of Bjork where it's like so precise and like so produced um but not not to say that that's like overproduced but like but uh but but it was nice to hear like a grungy kind of but like specific grungy but specific album you know I, I feel like listening to this record it you could you can this record has like um room to breathe does that make sense like it's very like I like that yeah it's not I don't think it's compressed, at, you know, at all. But ne neither is Dirt. You know, the guy's name is uh, Dave Jordan, um, the producer. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, listening to Dirt, listening to this, I'm like, I, I can hear similarities. Like, it's like the guitars feel like they're they have like room to like expand and just kind of yeah. like. Um... You you could play it in a bedroom. You could play it in a warehouse, and it would still sound pretty cool. I'm just saying. If you're at like a, a bar, uh, you throw on "Story of My Life" or "Ball yeah. and Chain." Yeah. Instant sing along. Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. I, I didn't know how many of my friends like knew this shit. Like, uh, I didn't even ask my mom. Like, do you know about social distortion? She's like, Yeah, I know that band. I'm like, What the fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, could not recommend, you know, social distortions albums that came after this uh i couldn't recommend them uh more um my personal faves are white light white heat white trash um sex love and rock and roll and uh their latest album which came out in 2011 uh which is uh as of today 12 years ago now uh hard times and nursery rhymes um that album is fantastic especially the song machine gun blues if you enjoyed social distortion definitely check them out i i think they're on tour right now it's uh we're d recording this in early may 2023 um so check them out if they're coming to your town i promise you will not regret it but i'm sorry you like social d check them oh out God. like i said they're a lot of fun their songs are sad but they do it in a way that will have you bang in your head so yeah all right. So next time, um, I think we're going to do something a little, a little special. Um, 
we had such a blast talking about um Bjork. Bjork. Uh, we had such Bjork. a blast talking about Bjork. Rams Jimmy, with, Jimmy World and, and Roy Sopped last week. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Or la- last episode. Um, yeah. We thought it would be fun, kind of like, you know, kicking off the summer, because um, we're recording this, um, like I said, in uh, May, early May 2023. Uh, so we thought we'd maybe do another time jump and um, <gasps> see what 2002 uh, has to offer. Uh yeah, let's 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 go ahead. Yeah. Let's go to let's go back uh back to the future and go to 2002. Jake, what do you uh, any albums of note in 2002? This is actually around the time when I really started to become a music nerd. You know, I really started Whoa. you know, reading the album liners and really taking note for, as you know from the days of you know listening to corn self-titled and being like oh this sounds awesome um to wow this this makes me feel some type of way this makes me what is this you know um i was maturing i was getting hair in really weird places you know oh, um, boy. oh boy <laughs> um and so uh i i looked at 2002 i was curious and an album came out by a Canadian singer-songwriter. I'm so excited and grateful for the chance to talk about their album um, next time. So, Elliot, for our summer kickoff episode, I present to you Avril Lavigne's Let Go. (laughs) Um, One question. Hit me. Is Skater Boy on this one? This is the Skater Boy one. I'm I'm jazzed as all hell. This one is uh, it's got complicated. It's got I'm with you. There's some woo. There's some heat on this album. And this qualifies as radio rock for you? Oh yeah. <laughs> this is the album where Avril uh kind of I don't think she I don't think she uh I don't think she knew she was doing it. But this is the album where Avril Avril be kind of came like the queen of pop punk. Uh, and um, oh, I'm so excited to dive in. Did you hang out with Avril Lavigne in the city they used to live in? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Are you playing drums on this, Rick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made her eggs in the morning. Uh, <laughs> that seems to be my go to bit. Uh, okay, since we're going to the year 2002. Nice. Um, thank you. I, uh, I thought so. <laughs> uh, I thought it might be a nice time to revisit a friend of ours. And one that I think maybe you need to uh, have a little revisit to because he's one of my absolute favorites of all time. And he, uh, he put out an album called The Private Press in 2002. And it's an artist by the name of DJ Shadow. Oh! DJ Shadow. Man, this this is one that I've grown grown more and more of an appreciation for since we recorded. Um, very excited to dive back in. So we, we talked 
at length about introducing in 96, I believe it was, uh, it took him this long until 2002 to put out the private press, his follow-up. And I think it is uh, quite of note. I think it's astonishing. And I'm also going to send you some live footage because I think his live shows are pretty far out. And we can talk about that too. All right. So um, be sure to come back next time and hear us talk about Avril Lavigne's Let Go and DJ Shadow's Private Press, both from the glorious year of 2002. 2002, um, in my opinion, controversial opinion, has the, you know, you know, on New Year's Eve when people get like the glasses, like the sunglasses of like the year. Oh, it says like 2000. Sure, sure, sure. 2002, yeah, yeah. the best version of those glasses. Best glasses. You know. Okay. That's, that's just how yeah. I feel. I mean, the most aesthetically pleasing? As, yes, yes, absolutely. Well, until 2003. 3, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this those is are, true. Those are probably like okay too, right? <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be a good year, man. <laughs> but with that, thank you. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Sipping Mimos. Check out Bjork and uh, Social Distortion. Um, promise you will not regret it. Be yeah. sure to like and subscribe to Sipping yes. Mimos. Find um, us on Instagram. Hit us up on uh, uh, Gmail, uh, sipandmimospod at gmail.com. Send us questions or whatever. We'll answer them on the, on the show. It'll be fun. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of new listeners, so welcome. If you're stumbling on the show for the first time, welcome. Thank you for thank you for listening and um, uh, giving our giving our crazy show uh, an hour or so of your time. Uh, we're we're yeah. honored. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. And uh, uh, to the listeners. Hey, stay Stay sipping. Clink. Clink. <laughs> that was in perfect unison. <laughs>